Today's scripture reading is Luke 22. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread, called the Passover, was approaching, and the chief priests and scribes were looking for a way to put Jesus to death, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve. And Judas went to discuss with the chief priests and the temple officers how he might betray Jesus to them. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. Judas consented and began to look for an opportunity to betray Jesus to them in the absence of a crowd. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb was to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it? they asked. He answered, When you enter the city, a man carrying a jug of water will meet you. Follow him to the house he enters, and say to the owner of that house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room already furnished. Make preparations there. So they went and found it just as Jesus had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, Jesus reclined at the table with his apostles. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before my suffering. For I tell you that I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Look, the hand of my betrayer is with mine on the table. Indeed, the Son of Man will go as it has been determined, but woe to that man who betrays him. Then they began to question among themselves which of them was going to do this. A dispute also arose among the disciples as to which of them would be considered the greatest. So Jesus declared, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those in authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you shall not be like them. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who leads like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines? But I am among you as one who serves." You are the ones who have stood by me in my trials, and I bestow on you a kingdom, just as my Father has bestowed one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, Strengthen your brothers. Lord, said Peter, I am ready to go with you even to prison and to death. But Jesus replied, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you out without purse or bag or sandal, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. Now, however, he told them, the one with a purse should take it, and likewise a bag. And the one without a sword should sell his cloak and buy one. 
For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. So they said, Look, Lord, here are two swords. That is enough, he answered. Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he came to the place, he told them, Pray that you will not enter into temptation. And he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, where he knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And in his anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. When Jesus arose from prayer and returned to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? he asked. Get up and pray so that you will not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd arrived, led by the man called Judas, one of the twelve. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Those around Jesus saw what was about to happen and said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, temple officers, and elders who had come for him, Have you come out with swords and clubs as you would against an outlaw? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this hour belongs to you and to the power of darkness. Then they seized Jesus, led him away, and took him into the house of the high priest. And Peter, followed at di- at, and Peter followed at a distance. When those present had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. A servant girl saw him seated in the firelight and looked intently at him. This man also was with him, she said. But Peter denied it. Woman, I do not know him, he said. A short time later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. About an hour later, another man insisted, Certainly this man was with him, for he too was a Galilean. Man, I do not know what you are talking about, Peter replied. While he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word that the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. The men who were holding Jesus began to mock him and beat him. They blindfolded him and kept demanding, Prophesy! Who hit you? And they said many other blasphemous things against him. At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the scribes, met together. They led Jesus into their Sanhedrin and said, If you are the Christ, tell us. Jesus answered, If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask you a question, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all asked, Are you then the Son of God? He replied, You say that I am. Why do we need any more witnesses, they declared. We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. And this is God's word. 
This lengthy chapter in Luke's Gospel detailed Jesus' betrayal, Last Supper, and his religious trial by the chief priests and the teachers of the law, according to verse 66. In between his Last Supper and his arrest, the disciples argued again about who was the greatest in verses 22 through 30. Jesus assured them that they all would be great in his kingdom when he said, I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel, as we saw in verses 29 through 30. Then he turned and spoke to Simon Peter in verse 31. He told Simon that just as Satan had requested permission to strike Job, Satan had also asked to sift all of you as wheat, according to verse 31b. This is a visual reference to separating the edible part of wheat from the inedible chaff that covers the wheat. Satan was asking then to put all the disciples through trials in order to try to separate them from their faith. That should have been a chilling thing to hear. So Christ quickly added that he had prayed for Simon specifically that your faith may not fail according to verse 32. But then he said, And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. These two phrases suggest that Peter would be the first to face the trial of his faith in God, and having withstood the test with his faith intact, he should help the other disciples as they faced tests of their faith. But notice the phrase, and when you have turned back, in verse 32b. That phrase indicates that Peter would struggle with the test of his faith. The specifics of that struggle were explained by Christ in verse 34, when he told Peter that Peter would deny Christ three times. Peter did face the test of his faith in verses 54 through 62. And as Jesus predicted, he struggled with the test. In three separate incidents, Peter denied knowing Jesus in verse 57, being a follower of Jesus in verse 58, and even understanding what was going on with Jesus in verse 60. So here we have one of the most vocal apostles of Jesus, a natural leader who was part of Jesus' inner circle of three people, a man who had proclaimed himself ready to die with Jesus just a few hours before, as we saw in verse 33. And then he evaded association with Jesus altogether when the pressure was on. And yet apparently his faith did not fail, as we saw in verse 32. Now, it sure looks like failure, so how do we reconcile all of this? First, we need to understand that there's a difference between a failure of faith and a failure to admit to faith in Jesus. Peter's denial of Christ was a failure to admit to being a disciple, not a complete renunciation of Jesus. The fact that he wept bitterly in verse 62 after it happened shows that his faith was genuine. The problem was that his faith was also weak. In that moment, his fear of being punished with Christ outweighed his belief that God would protect him or allow him to endure the trial with Jesus. But that did not mean that Peter no longer believed in Jesus. Second, we need to understand that denying Jesus or renouncing your faith is more about a complete break with the Christian community than it is about a particular incident in someone's life. Judas rejected Jesus. He conspired with the religious leaders to betray Jesus in verses 4 and 5. 
which meant finding an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present, according to verse 6. That was a complete rejection of Jesus and all that he claimed to be. Judas's break with Christ and with Christianity was premeditated and based in greed. Peter's denial of Jesus was not premeditated, and it was not based in greed, but rather in fear. What Peter did was lie about his faith in Jesus out of fear of persecution. What Judas did was completely reject Christ personally in such a way that Jesus would also be eliminated publicly through his crucifixion. Finally, Peter's faith was strengthened by this trial, which is why God allows us to go through trials of faith in the first place. Later in life, tradition tells us that Peter did pay the ultimate price for following Jesus. So what about us? There are times, aren't there, when we're put on the spot and fail to speak up for Christ. Does that mean we are ashamed of Jesus and that he'll be ashamed of us? When he returns, like Luke 9.26 says? No, it doesn't mean that. Or at least, not usually. Maybe someone, when you put them on the spot, might blurt out for the first time that he doesn't really believe in Jesus after he knew that already in his heart. But Peter shows that genuine Christians sometimes have weak faith, and that weak faith may cause them to waver from publicly claiming Christ. It might even, at times cause them to question God, as we see in some of the Psalms. A true believer may have doubts and denials at times caused by weakness and faith. But if you are a true believer, God will strengthen your faith over time so that you will stand for Christ later on in your life. So be encouraged. If Simon Peter could deny Jesus three times after all the miracles and teachings he experienced first, and then still become a great apostle for Christ after denying Jesus, then people like us, who are weak at times, may fail in our walk with Christ at times as well. But know that God's grace is powerful. He will strengthen you when you fail and teach you how to walk with him and stand for him when it is scary and potentially costly to be a Christian. And so I hope you'll think about your faith today and think about ways in which you can prepare now to stand for Jesus Christ. And if you found this video helpful, would you go ahead and subscribe by email? Just go to dailypbj.com slash subscribe. And every morning you'll get an email with links to this video, an audio version of this uh, devotional, as well as a transcript of what I read and say in this video. Also, would you consider becoming a financial supporter so that I can make more content and reach more people with God's word online? Go to dailypbj.com support if you would like to become a financial supporter. Also, consider sharing this devotional with someone else who might learn from it and enjoy it and have it help them in their Christian life. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.